0: Just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace
1: and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality.
0: Welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you today. You know, several years ago, I was on vacation with my family on a little island down near South America called Curacao. Uh, beautiful island, by the way, and there's this boat uh, and this guy that has a like a sightseeing and diving because if you're a diver or a snorkeler, gotta check out Curacao. But it's called the Good Life. Uh, that's that's I think it's the name of his boat. It's the name of his business. And I still get stuff because I was like, oh, that's cool. And so I like on Facebook, some social media, I still see periodically these photos from Curacao, beautiful photos of you know the good life. Well. Is that the good life? I mean, you know, a beach, a boat, beautiful clear water. Sounds pretty good to me, right? But How do we how do we really have a good life? Is it something that we just luck into? Or is it something that some people get, but it's not for me? Or is it something we can go out and take hold of? Well, today's guest uh, has a book that has just been released. It is called... Seizing the Good Life. And we're going to find out what she means by that. Shelly Rushing Rushing Tomlinson, I can't say that, Shelly Rushing Tomlins, <laughs> got it, is the author. I'm just going to call her Shelly from here on out. Uh, but Shelly, great to have you on Life Today Live. Welcome to the program. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. It is a joy to be with you. And I love how you opened this interview with that analogy, that story. As a storyteller, you pulled me in immediately. <laughs> um, yes, Seizing the Good Life, Randy. I, I titled it this way because you and I know that Jesus is the good life, right? But uh, so everyone's looking for the good life, not just believers. Everyone wants to live the good life. And so hopefully people will see this that are just looking for the good life and don't know Jesus and they'll pick it up and and come to know him. But then the second reason it's titled this way is because I want believers to keep believing that this good life is available to us in the middle of all of our craziness here in, you know, our current world and all the bizarre things that are going on and all the anxiety that's coming at us from every corner that we can still live the good life with Christ Jesus because the joy and the peace is is our inheritance and it didn't expire a a few years back.
0: Yeah, you know, you're clearly much younger than I am However, I don't you're, think so. <laughs> you're, you're, you're still probably old enough to have seen other people. I mean, you know, I grew up, when, you know, when my dad being in the position he was in. We had I like well-known singers, athletes, mm-hmm. sometimes politicians in our home, and they were right. usually there because they were miserable. And I saw from a very young age, okay, yeah. fame, wealth. Uh, you know, achieving your dreams a lot of times, it obviously doesn't make people happy. And and so, you know, it's a valuable lesson as a kid. Uh, it can make you comfortable. I, you know, I'd rather have too much money than too little because I've done that and that's not fun. But what really have you seen in other people in, in your own life that you would describe as, okay, they've got a good life? What do they have?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for me, when I think of the people that I have met that have the good life, that have have reached it, that are living a good life, their soul is at rest. They're at peace. They have a joy that is despite circumstances. It's not, and, and I'm really glad I thought about this. i to say this right now, Randy, I am not trivializing in any way. When I talk about seizing the good life and the peace and the joy that's available to us, I never want anyone to hear me and think I'm trivializing the the very hard circumstances they may be in, the difficulties that they're facing, because I'm I'm not doing that at all. Because I I say all the time that life can be hard when it's good. (laughs) So I get it. But when we find somebody when we see somebody that despite circumstances they might not be jump up and down happy but they have a joy and a settled peace that is oh man it's desirable and we want to know what that is and this is who we're supposed to be right now in our crazy world we're supposed to be living this thing differently than those around us and so and we don't look as shaken we don't look as anxious and as nervous so that we can testify to who is living in us
0: yeah yeah uh yeah and and i love that you said that because peace is not the absence of conflict or trouble uh it's the presence yes during the peace or during the the trouble and and the difficulties you know and it's the presence of god Uh, now you go to uh, my favorite, well, that's terrible. They're all my favorite books of the Bible. That's not actually true, <laughs> but <laughs> you go to the book when someone says, Hey, I want to read the Bible. Where should I start? I always say, start with the book of John. Um uh, I just, do, <laughs> you do too. And, and I, I do that for, you know, several different reasons. Um, but you go to the book of John to find out what the good life looks like. So one, why did you, why did you pick that book? I think I know. Cause I love it too. But yeah. also, what did you what did you find when you looked there?
1: Oh my gosh. I, I love that question. I wanted to write on John because John, out of all the books of the Bible, I'm like you, I hate to just like single out one, but it is my favorite. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is my favorite. But it's because John taught me, Randy, that Jesus is just present with me, strengthening my faith. John helps us see the disciples go from these stumbling, bumbling, I don't know, one step forward and three step back people to these bold, courageous leaders. And through it all, while Jesus is walking with them, we see over and over through John's stories that Jesus is not grading them while he's walking with them and teaching them. He withholds, now he has harsh, harsh words for those who are resisting him those who are opposed to the gospel, but the people that want to know him and that are actively like trying to be his disciples and following him, he is patient to, to the nth degree. He is always telling them things like, um, I I tell people, I love that Jesus would say, okay, I'm telling you this so that when this other thing happens, you'll believe. And I would used to read that and think, but didn't, didn't they already believe they were his closest disciples? They were his innermost circle. And then I began to see, and that's why John meant so much to me, is because I began to see that, yes, but they were just like us. They're living on this dusty planet. You know, there's doubts that a sale There's all the things that come. And so Jesus is telling us the same thing, okay? I am strengthening your faith. I'm telling you this, so that when this other thing happens, you'll continue to believe Shelly, you know you'll still be with me Shelly and so he's strengthening our faith all all the way through the gospel of John and it just seemed like there was not a better time to use these tools to take, I took the 21 chapters of John and I just took them apart in each book, uh, each chapter has a corresponding book in my, in my uh, chapter in my book with a tool that we can use like i love verbs and so it really helps you learn how to walk with jesus so that he can strengthen your faith i mean that was wording i'm sorry no
0: Thank that's you. wonderful i love i love hearing it and and i think you know it, it's i have friends that i have known in the past that when i went to Oral roberts university um and and they are believers but mm-hmm. they don't have a good life right now and you know sadly you can go back and go you know it's it's you haven't held to the words that you claim you once believed the 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 believing and that's that's a little intangible at times and it can seem it's it's, we're not asked to believe in a fantasy because that just makes you a lunatic Mm -hmm. right right how do we how do we hold to it i mean jesus did miracles so they would believe so they could go okay i see it and sometimes we if we get distracted looking for miracles when when they showed up, when Jesus showed up in a town and they said, do a miracle for us, he turned and got in a boat and left. So miracles yes. are clearly not the point. I think the belief yes. is the point. How do we how do we hold on to that belief so it sustains us?
1: I think we cannot unless we are pursuing Jesus constantly and continually and coming before him. I think it's the only way because I've lived both ways. Randy, I lived as a believer, like someone you may have just alluded to that that believed in God, believed God, uh, knew the scriptures, but Jesus was kind of on the side of my plate. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't my life. He, he was just there. And that didn't give me the, the peace that didn't help me keep believing that didn't encourage me. It's when I uh, went all in to use a tired expression, but meaning just when Jesus became everything to me and I said, okay, I really do need you constantly and began pursuing him in a different way. That's when our faith is alive because Jesus is present tense. I mean, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are eternal, we know this, they exist outside of time. But the only opportunity you and I have to connect with them is in this moment, right right here, because you and I can't be in the future and we can't be in the past. We can only be with them now. And when we begin living the now of our lives with Jesus, then um, our faith is strengthened.
0: You make a good point because, you know, you look at people that live in with trauma, uh, and it's because they are living in the past. It's not necessarily the traumatic event. It's the continuously reliving. It. And people look, li- people live in fear and and worry and anxiety. It's because they're living in the future that hasn't happened yet. That right. that present uh, living is it's hard to grasp sometimes, but it's really really important. I want to ask you. So you said that you haven't always lived the good life. You know. Um, <laughs> What contrast some of that? What, what what was going on inside of you when you weren't living in that daily belief, the daily presence? What-
1: oh, I welcome that. Um, I think or I don't think I know that there was a time in my life that For me, I just wanted to, I just wanted the very best life I could. I just wanted to do everything I wanted to do and and be my own boss and just do my own thing. And then also make sure that Jesus was going to be happy with me when I went to heaven. Like, you know, it's like, I wanted (laughs) that too. But it's not really that I wanted to do anything like that. You know, we would say sinful. And, you know, it's not that I wanted to go and live this crazy life, but I had been I had balked into the lie that um, I had to just reach for everything that I could. I had to create this kind of life for myself. I had to go after life and all its gusto. And for for me, it was beginning to realize that um, my children were getting to an age where I wanted to tell them To believe in Jesus and and hold to him and you'll be fine anywhere you go. And all the things my parents had said to me. But it became so apparent to me that I was just repeating what I'd heard at Mm -hmm. church. The Mm -hmm. things that I knew from how I had been raised. Mm -hmm. And I got to a place where I was like, okay, Jesus, how could this possibly be that I will have a deeper relationship with you when I have known of you and believed in you my whole life? That is the contrast for me. That is when I began to say, I will know you if, you know, I, I will spend my life knowing you It will be the last thing. And I just began pursuing him in that way. And when we begin to go to the Lord to know him, rather than to make sure we're okay with Him, you know, then the game changes pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, it does. And, you know, I think one of the stumbling blocks, one, one of the barriers a lot of times to doing that is we know our own sin. We're like, Ab and Eve, we just want to cover it up. And we think, you know, I've, I've just disappointed God. He's He's not going to want to do anything with me. Mm-hmm. You ever felt like you disappointed God?
1: Oh, Daily? like daily. <laughs> and that can still today trip me up until I I love the simple gospel. I love to preach to myself when I'm wanting to pray and, and the Lord feels far away and I'm thinking, oh, I, I, I didn't do this or I didn't do that or I disappointed you you know with how i responded to this person or you know whatever fill in the blank but i love preaching to myself the simple gospel and and i tell my friends and anyone that will listen I, when i speak to audiences i tell them that those things did cannot disqualify you from enjoying god's presence because those things never qualified you to enjoy yeah, god's presence yeah. It's only the blood of Jesus, and so I I preach to myself the simple gospel when I feel like I've disappointed the Lord.
0: Yeah, one of the story. By the way, we're talking to to Shelly Rushing Tomlinson, and and I should show you her book again. This is Seizing the Good Life, available now. Uh, And I think it was one of your past books where you talked about the disappointment thing and an experience you had in a hotel room. I think it was. I'd love to hear that because that's powerful. And I think so many people can relate to that.
1: Oh my gosh, Randy. I believe that's in a book that came out before this one called Finding Deep and Wide. And it's the story of me being in this hotel room and I had spoken to this gathering the night before and it was a weekend gathering and I was going to be speaking to these ladies the next that particular morning and I was on my knees and I was praying for a, a family member that just, just a lot, a lot of trauma, a lot of uh, medical issues that were just really hard and really scary. And as I was praying, I realized that I, I wasn't praying out of any kind of belief, that I was anxious and I was just parroting the words and I wasn't really believing that the Lord was going to answer. And in that moment, I said to the Lord, I said, you, I'm sorry, I said, you deserve perfect obedience for what you've done in my life. You deserve someone who never doubts you. You deserve the absolute highest level of service that I could ever give you. And instead you get me like I'm about to speak to these women, you know, and you get me, you get this live vessel. And the Lord doesn't speak out loud to me. You know, I, he, he speaks in my heart, but I heard as clearly as I heard hear your voice while you and I are talking, I heard him say, and I got that. I got mm. that perfect obedience. I got the one who mm. obliterated the bar. I got the one who served me that well. And you, Shelly, get to stand in his favor. And it mm. was like.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that shifts your whole paradigm. Uh, right. And, and it makes it not about us because it's it's not. And I find so many people get stuck with the, if I could just do more for God, he would give me. A good life how much of what you've found in your the good life and by which I mean real true peace joy purpose uh, how much of that has been a result of what you've done in your own energy versus what you've just kind of given up and said Lord I surrender that to you
1: I'll surrender I'll surrender. The good life never, I never taste the good life by by my own accomplishments or abilities or any of that. The enemy of ourselves wants us to think we do. And so that's a constant temptation, a constant trap that we have to avoid. But the good life is his presence. Jesus, you know, I, I was telling him this morning, I was sitting on the back porch praying and and I was equating prayer to his presence and his presence to prayer because they have become the same thing. And this is the the addictive good life that I live to get someone to taste, to taste what it feels like to commune with the Lord, to to know that he's present with you listening, to read his word and hear him speaking to you is the good life. And it's like a baby that has to be taught how to drink milk um you know they they haven't taken in that type of nourishment before you know they they want an umbilical cord and so then they come and whether it's a a bottle or their the mommy is breastfeeding they have to learn how to draw that nourishment. And I liken that to us as believers and Peter telling us to desire the sincere milk of the word. When we first come to Christ, we don't desire the pure milk of the word. We don't, we desire everything else, but he is willing to teach us how to desire that word. If we will get in his face and we will get in his book, he will begin to teach us how to desire that.
0: Well, and, you know, I think you're tying straight into something. I believe this isn't. Pretty sure this isn't John. I should know this, but I'm bad with addresses. Uh, sometimes I can't find my own way home. Um, but the 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 idea of he is the vine and we are the branches. And what's funny is when those the, the fruit is on the opposite side of the vine, and I think so often we as branches we look at the fruit I want this even when we go it's it's a good godly things I want the peace I want the joy you know I I want the purpose I want I want to be able to forgive people and we're we're looking in that direction looking for the fruit when Jesus is saying focus on on me which is what I hear you saying it's like just stay connected to me which is a closeness stay close and guess what if you turn around and glance backwards every once in a while, you can see beautiful fruit out there, but you're not focused oh. on the fruit, you're focused on the vine, and I, I really think that's key, and it's so easy for us to get turned around and to, to try to try to grow fruit on our own or just focus on the fruit when Jesus says, no, look, look at me, it's like, like Peter Simon Peter walking on water, just keep your eyes on me.
1: That's so good that is you you get you get
0: this i can tell
1: (laughs) that that preaches i like when i get to see this again i'm going to rewind and listen to what you said again because that preaches and we all do it but thank you for that i love that
0: so you one thing you you do talk about is the idea of restoration which i think i love i love that i mean you know um jesus can miraculously turn our lives around and, and restores the things we have lost that we, we have damaged. He can do that. And that's, that's where that connection comes in. What what did you draw when you're looking, um, you know, at the the miracles that Jesus can do in our lives?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I look at, um, you were saying earlier that, you know, the miracles are not it, And it's because Randy, if it's the miracle that we have to have, then we're going to be exactly like the disciples what can you do for me today because they saw miracle after a miracle and then they're confronted you know they just fed thousands of people and then they're confronted with another group of thousands and you know they're all like okay what are you going to do now know, yeah, we need another miracle it was a constant um prove to me who you are and the the miracle that you and i need and those that are watching with us today need the miracle we need is when we so live in jesus that he begins to change us from the inside out and we're the we're the most surprised that we want to pray we're the most surprised that we're hungry for his word no one is more surprised than we are and i say that's the miracle we need when he begins transforming the things that we choose where we choose to invest our time and our money and our resources and our energies and our lives. And, and they're different than how they used to be then that's a miracle that we can't deny because we know us, we look at us in the mirror.
0: <laughs> so true. So true. And so good. I want to show you real quickly, uh, Shelly's website looks like this. It is a bell of That is, that is quite the URL there, Shelly.
1: That is quite the URL. Can we give them an easier one also? Do you have another because one? Because yeah. that's such a long URL. Okay. I recently redirected another link to it that's so easy, Randy. If they type in Shelly, and Shelly has an IE, if they type in Shellyt.com, they will go to that same bell of all things, southern.com nice. address. We
0: will we will put that on the screen. All right. Very good. Shelly, uh, I have one more question for you. and I want to say thank you right tell,
1: now. I was going to tell you a funny story about that Bell of All Things Southern URL. I'd love to you hear want it. To hear yeah, 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 I'll make it short. So years ago, Randy, when I was um, releasing my first humor book, there was this whole group in New York City. We're on a conference call, and they're wanting to brand me with some um, (laughs) type and and I didn't think I needed to be branded. I mean, for us around here, that means a cow, and you know, I mean, I I don't need to be branded, but they wanted to. And they were suggesting things that my family would have run me out of town laughing. I mean, they were suggesting like the Bayou Babe and the Barefoot (laughs) Barbie, all these crazy things. And my sisters would have laughed me out of the family. And so we're on this this conference call and all these titles are going back and forth and they're about to name me something, right? Well, at that time I, I talked a whole lot um about the South and All Things Southern was, you know, what my website, my newsletter was called. And I simply said, Well, I'm a bell and I write this all things southern, so you could call me the bell of all things southern, and they went with it and they plastered it everywhere and they wanted it on my website and they put it on the back cover of books but randy the very first time someone introduced me i was as mortified as if they had called me the bayou barbie or whatever because i'm in it like i am one little bale of this newsletter i call all things southern and they introduced me like the bale of of
0: all all things things. (laughs) <laughs> that's a pretty great i've story. been running from it ever since <laughs> that's very funny shelly t is a lot easier i will say that all right exactly. you 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 i love your humor and i know you you use that a lot when you speak and and you're never going to run dry with me but i have a serious question to okay. end in right. this discussion uh okay. because well how many children do you have
1: I have two children that are married to two wonderful
0: people, and they've given me six grandchildren okay so and, and when we think about you know the good life, that is something you not to be morbid, but you hear you know at funerals boy they they had a good life, you know right, and I want people to say that about me, but when people mm-hmm. talk about you someday long long in the future after you've you've outlived everyone else um <laughs> what what How do you want them to reflect on your life if they go she had a good life she led a good life how how do what what is that what do you want that to mean to your children and grandchildren
1: Mm, i want for my kids and my grandkids to know where i got my joy from to know that my treasure was in heaven and to know that i was at peace and i lived with joy that you know, I don't want them to think, well, she, she obtained it, she wrote these books, she accomplished this, none of that. I, I don't want it to be accomplishments. I want them to remember me as someone who loved Jesus and their treasure was in heaven and they were wanting to take as many people with them as they could. And they even if they say, Oh, grandma, all she did talk about Jesus and you know, try to get people saved, that would be perfect with me.
0: That Right there is the good life, and all of us can yes. have it. We just go yes. out and take it. It's a free gift, but you do have to accept the gift, and that's the beauty Amen. of it. Shelly, thank you so much. Been such just a blessing and inspiration talking to you. Thank you for being with us. Uh,
1: I've enjoyed it. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, and I appreciate all of you guys out there watching uh, and hitting share, sharing the good life with other people. And if you haven't liked, followed, or subscribed, please do that because we've got more encouragement for you just like Shelly on life today live be sure to check out her book and then go out and get the good life for yourself we'll see you again next time you may be unworthy of the healing because of your sins but when you come to him you must believe him and repent of your sins and become one of his children